in God's overflow, living in God's overflow. I want to start tonight in Ephesians. I don't have this in my notes, so you don't have to put it on the board. But I do want to start here because we want to know why or what the overflow is for in our dispensation in this generation. The power of God is meant to do something. And let's begin with a word of prayer. We'll get into the message. Father God, we ask that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us during this Bible study. We ask for divine revelation to come forth. For Jesus Christ to be revealed by way of the word of God. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That your people would begin to walk free, freer than they ever have in every area of their lives. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for every manifestation of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 3, and as I said, uh, I really believe uh, that part of our assignment and the reason God wants us to experience his overflow is that so that we can minister in all three realms. Here on earth, in the natural realm, in heaven, and even in hell. God wants us to minister there. And I'm going to show you what I mean by that. It says here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, Unto me, Paul says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul had a unique assignment that he was called to preach to the Gentiles. Initially, he went to the Jews, but the the Jews rejected him for the most part. And he turned his attention to the Gentiles. And the Bible says, Paul says, the unsearchable riches of Christ is what he preached to them. The unlimited riches of Christ. He put no limits on God. And then he says here in verse 9, and to make all men see. So Paul was determined that the people see some things spiritually, not just physically, but spiritually. What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. Some of the things that Paul was preaching had never been preached before. These things had been hidden in God. God purposely hid these things from men. That these things would be preached in, that, in this dispensation, in the New Testament dispensation, in the generation that we live in. He said, had been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Then verse 10 is what I want to touch on. To the intent, this is the purpose of it, that now unto the principalities and powers 
in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So it's a call of God upon the church that we, the church, demonstrate to the principalities and powers God's manifold wisdom. We are to demonstrate to Satan and his kingdom how badly they were defeated on Calvary. We are to demonstrate to them what God's grace and mercy can produce when received by faith and receiving the new birth. We are called to do that with the overflow power of the Holy Ghost. That's what the overflow of God is about in our generation. Not just to get a goosebump. Nothing wrong with a goosebump. But uh, nothing wrong with excitement, praise the Lord. I'd rather be in a, a live church than a dead church, amen? amen. But uh, our assignment goes far beyond that. It goes into the spirit realm, and we are supposed to be lights in darkness. We are supposed to be those who demonstrate to Satan his defeat as we walk in divine freedom in the power of the Holy Spirit. He thought he had us. He thought he had us in hell. He actually thought, when, when, when a, a prophecy was given to me many years ago when I first got saved, and, and the prophet was talking to me about ministry and how God was calling me to the ministry. And he was saying that in the spirit, he was saying, Satan, the devil, is very angry today because he thought he had you. He knew he had you. And he was, he was hearing from God in the spirit. And uh, <clears throat> when I got born again, light came and, and, and I began to understand that hell thought they had all of us. They thought that they had us for eternity. But when we, we received the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost, it turned all of their plans upside down. So when, I'm talk, when we're preaching about living in God's overflow, that's what it's about. It's about us walking in power, not with big heads and thinking we're all that. No, no, it's not about that. It's about walking in God's power to demonstrate God's grace and mercy made available by the blood of his son. So that's what this is all about. That's what these teachings are all about, to center us in on what we're supposed to be doing in this dispensation. Now, uh, of course, throughout all of eternity, we're going to be living in the overflow. But right now, what God wants us to do is to recognize and then begin to comprehend our victory in Christ Jesus and tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen? Let's go now to uh, Luke chapter 17. And I think this is where we 
ended last last time that we met. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he talking about Jesus, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within, it was, is within thee or within you. So Jesus is saying that we are filled with the Holy Ghost. We are filled with the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is the overflow of God. It tells us that we're, we, we don't have to wait for any more of God's power because we've already got it. Okay. We, we, have to, we have to recognize that on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, that we've already got everything that we'll ever need to do whatever God has called us to do. So we have the spiritual capacity to overcome any and every giant that comes in, we come in contact with. But it's by, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 and 3, let's go there. And I want us to see this. I know we know this, but I want us to see this with our eyes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us <clears throat> with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. So any blessing, spiritual blessing, that has ever been created by God, the Bible says we already got it. If, if, the, if, the, if the word means anything. He says we've all, he, ha, he had blessed us. Not going to bless us. He had blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if I'm going to experience the overflow, I must simply begin to look within. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within me. Now, this is another thing that we want to focus on tonight, because yeah, I wrote this down in my notes. And we need to really, really realize this. The spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. I'm going to say that again. The spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. The child of God needs to get a revelation of that, because... The spiritual realm created everything that we can see in the natural realm. So it is a superior realm. So we need to really and truly, if we're going to experience the overflow that God wants us to experience, and these teachings have taught us that it is God's perfect will for us to do so, if we're going to experience those blessings, that overflow blessing, we got to begin to realize that these things are relevant to our lives right now has, has uh, born-again believers on the earth. Okay? 
So we don't, we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to release supernatural power. Okay? You have been commissioned by God through Jesus Christ to release supernatural overflow. You have, and I have more than enough power of the Holy Spirit to do whatever God has called us to do in our generation. Now I want to go to Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. I want us to see this. This is very, very powerful right here. The Bible says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. God wants our faith to be effective. We walk by faith and not by sight, right? That the communication of our faith may become effectual by acknowledging, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So the more that you and I focus on all those things that have been placed within us, at the new birth, and it's a tragedy, Most a lot of believers get born again and never understand the reality of the power of, of, of eternal life dwelling on the inside of them. But the more we focus on that, the more we're able to release the power of God because our faith becomes effective then. So when I lay hands on the sick, I know they're going to recover because uh, I, I, I understand who lives on the inside of me. Doesn't have anything to do with this natural man anymore, but it has everything to do with the spiritual man who is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody say, well, that, that's just for the preachers. No, that's for every born again believer. He said, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So every one of us have the, have the uh, a power of the Holy Spirit to do the works that God wants us to do in our generation. My faith becomes effective when I acknowledge the overflow God has placed within me. Okay? So I, I must constantly be reminded of that, that, that the Holy Ghost dwells within me, that the powers of the worlds to come dwell within me. Yes. And when I do that, then, like Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible unto you. When you begin to understand and think like that. Again, it takes, more than anything, it takes a renewal of the mind. A uh, transforming of the mind. To begin to think the thoughts of God instead of thinking carnal thoughts. Begin to, beginning to understand that I am truly, I have truly been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I have been anointed by God to do these things that God says I can do. By the overflow that's within. Now I want to go to John chapter 4. And I want us to see 
how willing, how willing God is for us to experience this overflow. Now, Jesus, this is a very familiar account where Jesus is uh, meeting this woman, the Samaritan woman, at the well. And he goes out of his way to meet her because he wants to minister to her the knowledge of the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. Let's begin at verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, ask to drink of me, which am a, Samar- a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, it's all about knowledge, amen? It's all about what's revealed, amen? He says, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, give me the drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. So this is God Almighty speaking to her, a Samaritan, letting her know that there is a gift for her, and all she has to do is ask for it. This is the the God of creation speaking to her, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he's speaking to her along these lines that all you have to do is ask, and I would give you living water. Talking about this overflow that we're talking about tonight. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, this natural water, will thirst again. So he's trying to point her away from the natural. But whosoever shall drink of the, of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. For the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He, he said, I want you to get out of the natural for just a moment and come over here in the supernatural and see my willingness. To flood your life with divine power, grace, and mercy, and strength in the form of the Holy Ghost. For the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Again, he's letting us know where the water lies. It's in us. So much of the time, even in my prayer life, I'm, Lord, give me, give me more, give me more power. And God says, son, it's in you already. Walk by faith and not by feelings. Walk by what my word says and not by what your carnal mind is telling you right now. Draw from within. I'm there. 
The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dwell within you. The Godhead dwells within you. Begin to acknowledge what's in you. And God says, I'll release that thing. I'll release the power of God in the earth through you if you'll only believe. How many of y'all know it's all about faith? It boils down at the end of the day to faith. He says, you'll never thirst. An unlimited, unending, abundant life and power of God. And again, I, I, I want to point out again how willing Jesus is to give this to this lady. He's willing to do it. God is not holding anything back. He who gave his own, only son, if he gave his only son, everything else he'll give to. He didn't spare him. That means he'll give us everything. Okay? But we have, to, we have to begin to view it from that perspective. God is a very, very, very lavish God. He wants his children to experience his very best. And the very best that God has is his Holy, Holy Spirit in manifestation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. I want to see something here. And I was looking at this the other day, and uh, it's almost like God said, I want you to include this in this message. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that it, it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens. Now, I had heard this before, but it came back to my remembrance when I was reading this scripture. At that time, that was the greatest demonstration of God's power known to man. When he uh, created the world. I mean, known to us because it was written in the Bible. Now, before that, before then, it's no telling what God has done. Amen. So, but for us, in terms of our knowledge, this was the greatest manifestation of God's power. Now, let's go to Revelations chapter 1. Because what I believe the Lord showed to me is that that was a tremendous manifestation of God's power in creation. But here we're going to see what I believe, what God is showing me, is that there was a greater manifestation at the resurrection. 
and from Jesus Christ, verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the, the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Amen. Now, the firstborn from the dead, the first to receive resurrection life, according to the word of God, is Jesus Christ. Okay? Okay? Let's look at verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Glory to God. And this is what, this is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me in my mind. The power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead was a greater power than he used even in creation. Think about it. The power that God used to overcome death, hallelujah, and raising Jesus Christ from the dead was a greater manifestation of God's power than even the creation. Because it, it, it involves resurrection life. Now think about it from this perspective. That same resurrection life, that same resurrection power dwells within you and I. Amen. Uh, I believe the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, got a revelation of it in terms of what he desired more than anything else. And let's go there. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. I think Paul knows something about the power of God because he flowed in it. He, he lived in the overflow. Glory to God. You can't write three-fourths of the New Testament, and not live in the overflow. Amen? He says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, for, for the excellent things that the Holy Ghost has revealed to me, he says, I, I count everything a loss. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him. Hallelujah. Paul says, I want to identify only with him. I want to identify only with the risen Jesus. I don't want to identify with Adam anymore. I only want to identify with Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, the faith of Christ, and the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. 
and the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to know, I want to experience the very power of his resurrection. That's my covenant right. That's what he's saying. That's part of my inheritance and I want it. I want to know the power of that resurrection. I want to experience it in my everyday life because God says I can't. I want to, I want to experience the, the most powerful manifestation of God's, God's spirit known to man in the resurrection power of the whole, in the overflow. Again, the willingness of God to give to the church these blessings blows my mind. And, and, the, and, and the thing about it, we've only scratched the surface. Because again, our natural minds a lot of times reject this kind of teaching because we think that we're somehow, we're not worthy of this. But the Bible says Christ has redeemed us by the blood of Jesus so that we can experience God on this level if we're willing, if we're willing to trust his word and trust what he says. Amen. So the power of his resurrection, Paul wanted to experience it. He wanted to experience the overflow. Now I'm going to close. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. I said I was going to close there, but I'm not. But I'm, not. <laughs> I'm going to close the series out tonight, but I'm not going to close there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. You know, a lot of people ask me sometimes what I should pray before I start reading the Bible. Because a lot, a lot of times people say they don't understand the Bible. And I just tell them, you know, I always lead them to this prayer in the book of Ephesians. It's an anointed prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And it is awesome in its power. He says here, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that God would give you supernatural sight. He, your eyes would be enlightened to things that they'd never seen before or never understood before. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you would know, that you would have a knowing, that you would have a divine understanding of what is the hope of his calling. The hope of God's calling. What does God expect of me in my generation? What does he want me to do? What is my calling as a child of God? What is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? That's the overflow. He says, he prayed that their eyes would be open, that they would understand their calling, that they would be enlightened by that, and that God would reveal to them the exceeding greatness of his power to, to, to those who believe it to those who actually have faith in this revelation. 
the exceeding greatness of his power, is the overflow that we've been talking about all these, all these weeks. And when, did, when was it manifest? Well, let's, let's read verse 19. We'll go straight into verse 20 so we'll get the full impact of it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You see the connection? That exceeding great power was manifested in the resurrection. Hallelujah. That same resurrection life, that same resurrection power is what Paul wanted to be connected to on a moment-by-moment basis. He wanted to experience it. He knew what it was valuable, and he wanted others to experience it also. That's why he preached on it so much. And that's why he prayed that prayer right there. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which God worked in Christ when God raised him from the dead and then set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place. So the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the power Paul wants us to experience and to know. Let's go to chapter 3 of Ephesians because it gets even better. And when you, when you read these verses, particularly uh, chapter 1, verses 18, well, verses 17 through 23, I mean, really and truly get along with God and let the Holy Spirit enlighten you as you pray these prayers. It's powerful. It'll, tra- it'll transform your life. Chapter 3, verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Again, the focus is always the inner man. Paul is trying to get us away from looking at the outward. He wants us to focus within because that's where the overflow is located. That's where the power is located. It'll manifest itself out here in the natural, but it originates here. Amen. And, and, and the reason uh, I, I really believe that, that God makes it that way is so that we have to depend upon him. We have to walk by faith. To be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man. <clears throat> that Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? By faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Again, Paul uh, focusing on the necessity of Christian love. None of this is possible without love, okay? I mean, you can't experience the thing we're talking about these past few weeks unless you're walking in love, okay? So that's, you, you think you wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have to say that to Christians, but you do sometimes. You, the, the love walk is very important. Somebody say amen to that. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you might be filled, my God, with all the fullness of God. That's overflow. <laughs> that I might be, you might be, I might be filled 
with all, the Bible says, all the fullness of God. need to sometimes just meditate on that for a while. That's thinking. That's the will of God for me. That I could be filled with all of his fullness. The only way that you won't be is if somebody can talk you out of it. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with the Bible. I'm going to stick with what the Word says. The God, God says he wants me to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Somebody said, well, it's according to the power that works in God. Yeah, it's according to the power that works in God, but God is in us. Amen? I recognize that. The overflow is within. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Glory to God. So it's according to the power that's already there. I don't have to ask for more power. The power is already there. Glory to God. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8. We're getting close. <clears throat> now we're talking about the willingness of God. Just like he had, he had a willingness to share the plan of salvation, the with the lady at the well and the willingness of God to give her water that she would never thirst again, I want you to read this tonight and understand this is what God wants for you and your generation. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called. Somebody say, I'm the called. According to his purpose, in whom... He did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Moreover, whom he did for, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, whom he justified, them he also glorified. Glory to God. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to close here. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? <laughs> who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. No devil in hell going to talk me out of this. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Stand to your feet tonight. Lord Jesus, 
Your seed has gone forth tonight. I pray, God, that our hearts are open to everything you have spoken tonight concerning the divine overflow available to us. God, that we would no longer walk like orphans or walk like underprivileged children, but we would begin to recognize that the inheritance includes the power of abundant life. It includes the living flow of the Holy Ghost. The everlasting power of life given to us through faith in your Son. Pray tonight, Lord God, that Holy Spirit, you'll bring to our remembrance these things that we've been learning these past few weeks concerning the, the river of living water within. Those times, Lord God, when we feel alone, help us to realize that we're never alone. That you're always with us. During the darkest seasons of our life, you're there with us. You promise to never leave us and to never forsake us. We trust in you today. And we drink today from that fountain that will never run dry. And we'll give you the glory, the praise, and all of the honor for all of your manifestations. In Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. God bless you.